You're listening to the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review and Beyond, with your host, Greg Brenda. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Dean's Dissertation. I'm Greg Brenda, and it is time, finally, to go over the 2018 Cleveland Browns draft. Yep. You know, like everybody, it's mock draft time. The draft is not here yet. That will be on Thursday night, April 26th. The first round, the Browns have two first-round picks, number one and number four, at least as we speak. You never know what might happen. And I've been prodded and, you know, coerced into, you know, finally putting down my mock draft. Greg, how come you never have a mock draft? Greg, don't you have an opinion on who the Browns should take at number one and number four? Greg, who should the Browns choose as quarterback? Come on. Is it Sam Darnold? Is it Josh Allen? Is it Josh Rosen? Is it Baker Mayfield? Come on, Greg. It's time to put up or shut up. All right. All right. Okay. All right. I don't want to hear it anymore. You're right. It's time to put it all down. So here it is. No, wait a minute. I'm not going to do a mock draft. I've never done a mock draft. I hate mock drafts. And quite honestly, folks, I really haven't listened much to draft talk for about a couple of months. I kind of know who the Browns should take. But you know what? I have said this. I have tweeted it. It really doesn't matter who I want. It really doesn't matter who you want. All that matters is the guy that's making that pick, that decision, John Dorsey, the GM of the Cleveland Browns, makes the right decision. Pure and simple. He's the one that's charged with making the right decision. So whoever they pick, I'm on board unless he screws up. Now, I know many of you have your own ideas about who the Browns should pick, and you're going to be really, really upset if they don't pick the guy that you want. Yeah, I know that. You're going to go, oh, but Greg, they didn't pick the guy that, you know, they're going to really suck it. I'm never going to be a Browns fan again because, you know, I watched this guy on YouTube and, you know, Saturday afternoons when it was really nice and sunny outside, you know, I stayed home and I watched all the college football. Oh, stop it. You're annoying me. All right. Now, I'm not going to give you a mock draft, but what I am going to do is kind of send you back in time. You know, the Browns haven't been good for the last 10 years. In fact, they really haven't been that good for the last 30 years. I've said that over and over and over again, and I've said it because, well, it's true. They really haven't been very good over the last 30 years. And the reason? Bad drafts, bad picks, bad choices, especially when it comes to the number one pick. You can't screw it up. Well, guess what? The Browns have really screwed up the number one pick over and over and over again. Now, back in 2008, Bill Livingston, great columnist for The Plain Dealer, and yours truly, we um, worked together on a book called The Great Book of Cleveland Sports Lists. I hope you bought one. I'm not sure if it's out of print, but if you ever see it somewhere, please pick it up because A, it's a great book and B, it'll make me some more money. Maybe not a lot of money, but at least, you know, a quarter here or a quarter there helps. So we did these lists of various things. I mean, we did almost 300 lists 
me, Bill, and some great guests, some great contributors, athletes, and people in the Cleveland area who just really helped us out and did a wonderful job. I was charged with the task of coming up with the um, worst Browns picks since, well, since 1970. And I said, you know what? Is that going to be hard? Is that going to be easy? Well, actually, folks, it was really easy to pick the 10 worst Browns draft picks since 1970. In fact, it was so easy in 2008, I actually came up with 12. Actually, it was 13 because we had a tie for one. But since then, the Browns have had more drafts. And since then, as you well know, the Browns have really, 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 really screwed up. So I've adjusted that list. Not, so, not a whole lot. Well, actually, at the beginning of the list, I can't believe where I'm going to put the guys that we didn't have on the original list because these are guys that the Browns have recently drafted in the last decade. That should... Um, that should make things very, very interesting. And I've also eliminated one person that after, and, you know, and it didn't really take me long after I wrote it down and it was published that I started really thinking about it and looking more closely at the detailed statistics of this, of this young man. And I said to myself, you know what? He really wasn't that bad of a draft pick. In fact, he was probably a victim of circumstances in a bad way, more so than any other player that I could ever recall. So here's the original, and I will get into some detail as we move along. But the original list, again, remember, this was 10 years ago. The Dean's list, the Browns 12, because as we titled it, 10 just won't cut it. Worst draft pick since 1970. Number 12 was Charles White in 1980. Number 11 was Clifford Charlton in 1988. Number 10 was Gerard Warren in 2001. Number 9 was William Go William Go in 2002 Green. Number 8 was Courtney Brown in 2000. Number 7 was Steve Holden and Pete Adams back in 1973. Yeah, it was a tandem, all right. Number 6 was the burner, as Sam Ritigliano always referred to him as, Willis Adams in 1979. Number 6, oh boy, or number 5, I should say, Craig Powell in 1995. That was a Bill Belichick pick. Let me repeat that again. Craig Powell, 1995, was a Bill Belichick pick. Tommy Vardell in 1992 at number 4. Mike Junkin in 1987 at number three, you know, the, well, the mad dog in a meat market. Number two, Tim Couch in 1999. And number one, and I have a very good reason for it, Mike Phipps in 1970. Now you're probably asking yourself at this point, so Greg, In kind of researching this and getting ready for this podcast, Dean's dissertation here, who did you take out of the worst Browns draft pick since 1970? Well, the guy that I took out was Tim Couch. The reason? Well, he was on an expansion team that essentially had no talent. He was thrown to the wolves. 
And when you look at what he did statistically, folks, when you go through the record books and you look at what quarterbacks have done statistically in the history of the Cleveland Browns, amazingly, Tim Couch is in the top five in a lot of areas. Yeah, that Tim Couch on an expansion team with no real help, no real playbook in college at the University of Kentucky. He went out and did the best. And for that, I must say that I'm sorry for ever putting Tim Couch on this list. I really am. And I'm glad I thought about it more. I'm glad I researched it and then concluded that I had made a horrendous mistake. So when we start this list again, there will be no Tim Couch. So let's go back now because I've added more. So Charles White, that was originally number 12, becomes number 16. I will tell you that as we get closer to number one, the recent Browns draft picks are way up there. So we start with Charles White in 1980. So what happened here was a bizarre 14 trade brought White, the 1979 Heisman Trophy Award winner, to the Browns as their number one pick in 1980. Drug use and injuries plagued White, man, during his during his five seasons with the Browns. Yeah, he spent five years with the Browns. Now, because of his drug involvement, the Browns began the Inner Circle Program. Remember that? To help players deal with drug abuse and other issues? Well, that certainly helped some Browns players. White, it really didn't help so much. In his five seasons, the former USC star played in just 26 games for the Browns. Now, think about that. Five years only 26 games, so essentially, you're playing five games a year. He rushed, now think about this, is in his entire career, 942 yards and 10 touchdowns. Could it be any worse than that? At number 15, we have Clifford Charlton, 1988. He was the 21st pick overall out of Florida. Charlton, well, at that time, was expected to bolster a strong linebacking core, but he, he never did. He spent most of his two years here on special teams, and perhaps the highlight of his career came really on draft day. A disorganized Houston Oilers staff. Now, remember this? They passed on the 21st pick. I remember sitting there going, they didn't pick. Time ran out. Why didn't they pick? Well, that allowed the Browns to make that pick, and they picked Clifford Charlton. Houston then picked after the Browns. It was truly a bizarre evening. The Oilers ended up taking uh, Lorenzo White out of Michigan State with the 22 selection, who, by the way, ended up being a pretty good player. And as luck would have it, the Browns would have made out better if, um, well, if Houston had had their act together and taken um, and taken him and had taken Lorenzo before the Browns could have. Think about that. All right, number 14, Gerard Warren. 2001. Big money. Yep. That was Butch Davis's uh, little moniker of Gerard Warren. The Browns intended now to use the third overall selection in the draft on defensive tackle Richard Seymour out of Georgia, if you remember that. But Davis at the last minute had a brilliant idea, or as he so thought, he passed on Seymour and then selected Warren instead. Selected later in the round by the Patriots, Richard Seymour had gone on to have uh, an excellent career. Yeah, that was 
Again, the Brown story. Warren never lived up to his lofty selection. In four years, Warren averaged 2.2 tackles and just .2 sacks per game. That's two-tenths of a sack per game. Really bad. It was horrible. Number 13, William Green. You remember, go, William, go, run, William, run. 2002, William Green was the 16th overall pick out of Boston College. Now, in his rookie year, he rushed for 887 yards and six touchdowns. Okay, after that, well, that was the highlight of his career, his rookie year. After that, it was downright horrible. That's how bad it was. Uh, He played three more years for the Browns. He totaled just 1,222 yards. So he literally had less than 400 yards after that in three more years. Think about that. He was disciplined twice at Boston College for marijuana possession, was suspended in 2003 for violating the league substance abuse policy, and he was also stabbed by his girlfriend in November of that year. The Browns released Green in September 2006 after reaching an injury settlement. Number 12, Courtney Brown. Oh, good old Courtney in 2000, the year 2000. Well, the overall first pick in the draft. Let me repeat that again. Overall, the number one pick in the 2000 draft. The defensive end out of Penn State was supposed to be, well, the foundation of the team's new defensive line. He was an All-American. Finished his college career with 33 sacks, 70 tackles for a loss. In his first season with the Browns, it it, it really seemed promising. In his first season, boy, doesn't that ring familiar? First season, doing really good, and then kind of downhill after that. That's been the moniker of a lot of Browns draft picks. He recorded 70 tackles and four and a half sacks. You know what? You're a rookie in the NFL and you got 70 tackles and four and a half sacks. You're doing a pretty good job. Problem, however, was that Brown had trouble staying healthy. From 2002 until 2004, three years, folks, he played in just 26 games. Again, averaging little over eight games a year, half the season. That's it. And in those three years, how many sacks did he record? Three. That's right. Three. <sighs> you know, there was a little kind of thing. They, they thought that Courtney Brown would just get hurt getting out of bed. That's how bad it was. Well, the Browns released him after the uh, 2004 season, signed with the Denver Broncos, and, uh, well, Brown tore his anterior cruciate ligament in 2006. And, well, that's how the story unfolded. Now we get to number 11, all right, which included a really horrible year in 1973. In that year, the Browns drafted Steve Holden and Pete Adams. Two number one picks that year. Two. Doesn't that sound familiar? So the Browns had two number one picks, and they both were busts. Holden was the 16th overall selection after a trade brought the choice from the New York Giants for defensive end Jack Gregory. And remember how good Jack Gregory was, folks. He was awesome. 
Well, the cold hard facts about Holden's career are really, really not pretty. The wide receiver played four seasons, 48 games with just 62 receptions, 224 total yards and no touchdowns. I got to read that again, folks. I, I, I have to read this again. The wide receiver, Steve Holden, four years, 48 games, 62 receptions. That's not even two catches a game, folks. Not even that. 224 total yards and absolutely no touchdowns. <sighs> the Browns' second first-round pick that year was guard Pete Adams out of USC, who a lot of people thought was going to be a really, really, really good player. He ended up being a really, really, really big bust. <laughs> You know, that year was kind of weird because it wasn't until the team's third selection, the 30th pick, Greg Pruitt out of Oklahoma, that the team finally had paid her. Imagine in that draft, folks, if both Steve Holden and Pete Adams had been what the Browns thought they would be, and then you add Greg Pruitt to that, you would have had yourself one heck of a draft. So that is the back end of the Browns' worst draft picks in my estimation, the Dean's estimation, since 1970. We could have gone further back, but, you know, I've realized over time that, you know, the further you go back, um, you know, people just have a real hard time identifying with those players. On our next podcast, we are going to go with our top 10 of the Browns' worst draft picks since 1970. And when I started thinking about this podcast and looking back at who I had selected when we wrote the book in 2008, I said, I I would have never imagined that when we added really bad draft picks that near the top of this list would come draft picks from recent years. So there really isn't any wonder, as we sit here getting ready for the Browns draft in 2018, which I hope is going to be far better than what we've had in the past, there really is no wonderment as to why the Browns have been really horrible for three decades. There's really no wonderment as to why the Browns in the last 10 years have had losing seasons. There's really no wonderment in the fact that the Browns are 1-31 and in their last two years. Now, some will argue the previous administration did the right thing by stockpiling picks, and now the Browns have so many chances to make it right. How in the world could they possibly go wrong? Well, I think the Browns' optimists would like to say, you know what, that's a good way of putting it. How could the Browns go wrong now? The Browns' pessimists would say, well, we've thought that before, and look what happened. In our next podcast, not only will we give you the 10 worst Browns picks in the draft since 1970, we'll tell you about, again, why Tim Couch was eliminated and the reasons for that. By the way, kind of ironic that Tim Couch will be now calling the preseason games locally uh, with, uh, uh, (laughs) with Jay Crawford. 
Uh, he's been doing some college football in the past, and it'll be good to see Tim Couch back. And I think, too, that fans over time realize, like myself, that when it was all said and done, Tim Couch was really not that bad of a quarterback. So when we come back in our next podcast, we're going to give you the 10 worst picks huh, since 1970 for the Browns draft. And we'll talk a little more football, what the Browns' plans are for 2018. And I might even give you a bit of an optimistic look at what might happen from here going forward. Let's just cross our fingers. Until next time, thanks for listening to another edition of The Dean's Dissertation. I'm Greg Brenda. Come back next week for more with The Dean.